This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The auto industry expecting to feel significant impact from COVID-19. Sales numbers this year are expected to be quite a bit lower. So what steps do the automakers need to take to present best practices and keep production going at a fairly brisk pace when they reopen? John Paul McDuffie is management professor here at the Wharton School. He's also director of the program on vehicle and mobility innovation at Wharton's Mac Institute for Innovation Management. John Paul, great to talk with you. Hope you're doing well through all of this. Yes, Stan, thank you. I'm fine. Great. Great to have you. So as you sit here in early June, uh, how do you view the state of the auto industry for 2020? Well, it's definitely going to be one of those years that's remembered as uh, unique and uniquely disruptive and posing all kinds of uh, crazy challenges. And, you know, if you look around the world, it's going to be a story of different uh, countries and different companies taking uh, bigger hits at different times than others, uh, recovering more easily or having more difficulty for a variety of reasons. So I'm sure we'll get into some of that. But probably as a big overview, I would say the following. The, the initial worries about you know, interrupted supply as China shut down, because there is huge dependence on China for parts, was just immediately quickly surpassed by the demand almost shutting down completely. So, you know, before there was even much time to worry about supply shortages, there was just no demand for sales. And then China opened up uh, again and so began making parts, which took care of the supply side. Uh, Cars began selling actually at near record levels um, in China. I mean, in in comparison to the last 20 months, uh, they reversed a sales slump with a lot of people now wanting cars for, uh, you know, private transportation. And some of those same trends are showing up in the U.S. There's relatively high demand for certain types of products, particularly uh, trucks and uh, SUVs. Pretty much every assembly plant in the U.S. now is open and starting to slowly ramp up. Some of those plants are having some supply chain uh, problems, uh, particularly from Mexico, which is still in an intense stage of coping with the virus. But uh, for the most part, they've had time to deal with finding alternate sources or helping out with that. So uh, production is not all that interrupted. The the slow ramp-up means there's time to figure out the safety aspects of working in the factories. And, you know, a company like Toyota, for example, massive worldwide company, is saying their 2020 results overall may not be that different from their original projections. Uh, Now, companies like Renault and Nissan, which are struggling in the midst of uh, huge governance problems and a big slump in their sales, uh, they're going to have a terrible year, but that won't all be because of the virus. But the automakers here in the U.S. Uh, and, and probably in a lot of countries that have had to deal with the coronavirus, but you know, using the U.S. as the example right now, uh, they are still going to have to deal with a, a level of concern dealing with the coronavirus for for several months ahead. So, how are those companies going to have to view that process as, as as part of their overall operation? Yeah, and, and there's there's several aspects of this, and uh, you know uh, the. These companies are are coping all the time with all the different aspects of of the virus. So I, I don't want to suggest that there's any uh, any any drop at all in how much attention they have to give it. 
sales, uh, dealers have had to figure out how to uh, think about selling cars in an environment in which people may not want to come into the showroom. And what a lot of uh, people have observed is that dealers who have been reluctant to get all that engaged in a sort of more digital or remote uh, communication with customers during the buying process are now uh, adapting to that uh, quite well. Uh, there's even a version of contactless delivery, uh, almost, of a car that you've purchased. Um, the uh, sales incentives that often are put on by companies at a time like this are probably part of what helps sales pick up uh, in May after kind of disastrous March and April. There's always a risk that what you're doing with those uh, you know, zero interest rate deals is you're simply pulling future demand forward and you're not actually seeing uh, a real permanent demand trend up. So, you know, 17 million cars a year has been uh, roughly the pace of sales in the U.S. for the last few years. This year will probably come in no better than 13 or 14, so it's still a a very bad year by most accounts. Um, And as I said, there's not really going to be a V-shaped recovery in terms of sales, but much more gradual much more gradual suits the needs for the supply chain to uh, be able to, you know, uh, get back uh, into shape for reliable delivery of parts and also to uh, to make the factory safe. These factories that are open, they're open as one shift now. Uh, they typically run as two shifts, so imagine that's half of the usual production rate. So there's there's lots and lots and lots of, of ways that the industry is having to cope with this. Uh, but I think some of the worst fears, perhaps, uh, from the depths of, of March and April have uh, have maybe not been realized. So is there a level of what's going on with the auto industry that's a little bit like what we're seeing play out on Wall Street right now, in, in that Wall Street seems to have baked in that there's going to be an impact from the coronavirus. We know it's going to occur. And at some point, the hope is that, that there's going to be a vaccine it almost feels like the way you were laying that out, that, that the auto industry understands that while obviously there is a negative, you know, an economic impact to what has gone on, the overall dynamics of the auto industry were fairly strong going into this and that, you know, it should be able to rebound if everything goes back to somewhat normal here in the months ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things going on, some of which are, are, are perhaps a, a, a reversion to some earlier trends, even if at a lower rate, and some of which may be, may be new. I, you know, it, th- what I mentioned about China is uh, perhaps going to be true in the U.S., that we, we, you and I have talked many times about the shift away from personal ownership of vehicles to using mobility services. But this may be a time when people are back to wanting their own car as a kind of safe uh, kind of place for your personal mobility that you control, that gives you autonomy. As I said, the trend that was already there favoring trucks and SUVs has only accelerated, so that's favoring the companies that have strong lineups in that area. Um, And uh, so that's kind of one piece. And and will that turn out to be a long-lasting effect? Hard to say. I mean, I tell you, cities are terrified at the thought that uh, people worried about public transit and maybe even worried about taking Ubers and Lyfts are going to try to do all their commuting uh, in a car. Now, with more work from home, you know, that will reduce one piece of it. But there's definitely potential for massive congestion problems if everybody starts just climbing back in their own car and, and trying to drive. But it's pretty good for 
for sales, um, you might say. The other thing a lot of people were predicting in March and April was that the, uh, particularly the traditional auto, auto companies would be forced by the, you know, the financial woes of lost sales to stop investing in new technologies and some of these mobility innovations that are coming along. And I think uh, that that's probably not going to happen. I'll, I'll, I'll qualify that a little bit. But let's take something like electric cars. You know, electric cars have been on the verge of, of, of a tipping point and then have been disappointing. But, um, you know, the technology uh, keeps getting better. The battery costs keep getting cheaper. The range keeps getting higher. And many of the traditional auto companies have made just really big commitments now over periods of, of years and years to bring out a lot of these new electric vehicles to compete at the high end with Tesla and to uh, provide it through their whole range. You know, for Toyota, it's hybrids, but for others, it's pure, pure electric. I don't see them backing away from that. You know, even though one of the first things that happened in the U.S. was the administration rolled back a lot of the EPA requirements to actually create less incentive to do electric cars. But the industry is saying, you know, this is the path we're on. It's the right thing to do. We have all these sunk costs already. We're going we're gonna to go forward with it. So, I would, um, uh, you know, of, of all the innovations out there, autonomy is uh, – there's obviously some new forces for that, even though that's a, a longer time frame. It's probably the shared mobility model, the idea that right. lots and lots of people are not going to own a car and they're going to climb into another a vehicle with strangers, whether driven by a human or driven by a, you know, algorithm – uh, that's uh, one of the big question marks, I think, uh, looming over the industry based on how the virus plays out from here. I wanted to quickly ask you about Tesla uh, and, and that company moving forward, especially in the wake of uh, uh, SpaceX having the successful launch uh, over the weekend. And what if there is you know, an impact to Tesla on the positive from the fact that SpaceX, the launch went, went very well over the weekend? Well, we've talked about Tesla many times over the years, Dan, and uh, you know, even before the successful SpaceX launch, uh, this has been a period when Tesla is once again, you know, uh, uh, a darling of investors. Uh, the, the the lovers are uh, are, are uh, having way more success than the uh, skeptics uh, that are shorting the stock. You know, Tesla made it through some tough kind of test periods. I mean, back to the issue of is there going to be capital available for auto companies? Tesla's negotiating to have a second factory in the U.S. They're working on building a factory in Europe. Uh, they've got a new factory coming online in China. They're not having any trouble getting uh, investment capital for this. They continue to build out their retail network. Um, they They don't do much advertising. I mean, the the stock performance, the general buzz about uh, Tesla and Elon Musk has been really very positive for quite a while, and the SpaceX thing is only going to, uh, you know, accentuate that. Great having you with us, John Paul. Thanks. Be safe. Okay. You too, Dan. Take Thank care. you. John Paul McDuffie, a management professor at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.